So he saw a fish with some seaweed on his head and said, that's a hot fish. I would fuck that fish. Hey, you, over there. Yeah? Guess what? What? You wanna talk spooky stuff. Okay. Hi, I'm Kay. And I'm Gabe. You're a ghoul. Sure am. Wow, same. What brings you here next to me? I'm kinda over humanity. Yeah, people are trash. Just like a body piece. You know there's a lot to say about how medium is me. Like there's a more to every story. Exactly. It's fascinating. We could make a show. A show? And we'll let everybody know. Use our brains. Brains. No, not to eat. To educate. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you could say, we're We're the the ghouls ghouls next next door. Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Gabe. And we're we're the the ghouls ghouls next next door. Or the mermaids next door. Yeah, you know, because why not? Because we should be. Yeah, I feel strongly I want to look like this at all times, uh, even if it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, we look like mermaids. And honestly, I think everyone should be a mermaid. I was like, when I was doing this makeup, I was like, I am a mermaid. One, I mm-hmm. am a Polish mermaid, which is the film we're talking about, the lore features Polish mermaids. And I was like, I am. Yeah, I'm also Polish, so sure. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. very Polish. I think. I'm pretty sure. That's what my ancestry, John, said. I'm like 70%. Okay, it's not that much. You're very <laughs> Polish. You are more Polish than I am. I mean, my last, my, one of my last names is Rosinski. Yeah, that's fair. It's hard to, like, argue that you're not that when that's your last name. Mine it's the same thing, so like, many. it's hard to argue I'm not Hispanic if I, if I have Castro. Yeah. Know? Mine was too many. Like, it was, like, small percentages. I didn't get, like, any big percentages. It was, like, you're a little Jewish. You're a little Scottish. You're a little bunch of things. Uh, But I think Polish was on there. I'm looking now. I was European (laughs) Jewish. And uh, within my European Jewish time was in Poland. So Mm, Yes. I'm very, all those things. But my grandfather is Polish. Mm. Uh, He is the Rosinski. Nice. So uh, that it's fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> and this is a really fun musical. I'm so glad that we did it. It was part of the reason why I wanted to do a horror movie musicals series. Fair was enough. Because I was like, they sound really cool. So um, I want to watch this film. <laughs> and I'm really glad I did. It is quite a wide ride. But I also just really love like real portrayals of mermaids or sirens or monstrous women mm-hmm. creatures love them well yeah because they're doing the murder and that we wish we could do every day yeah uh ultimately yeah i don't or actually want to murder people but yeah i think they're also just like being themselves and being very true to that and there's like a power mm-hmm. that they're like grappling with that's like way more intense than what humans are doing yeah like anytime there's like monstrous femme 
that it's always interesting, like when we covered Jennifer's body. And I think like we should definitely in the future have like a monstrous femme series where we can cover like werewolves and <laughs> vampires mm-hmm. and uh, succubus again and maybe, you know, a different type of mermaid. But I'm glad we did this one. For yeah. Because it's great. Yeah, it was very fun. It was wild and weird as hell, but very fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to explain this film to a few people, and every time, it just sounds made up. <laughs> it sounds made up. It's, they're like, it's what now? And I'm like, oh, also they sing. Also they sing. Uh, they're eating people. Yeah. Kind of a, little, a little bit of everything for everybody. You mm-hmm. know? It really appeals to a wide audience. You want some yeah. murder. You want some fish people. You want some singing? Yeah, you want some... Yeah, I can't speak I'm Polish. I'm but it's fine. So, <laughs> I can't speak Polish, so uh, I won't be singing the songs today. But I'll, t- I'll tell you the translated lyrics, yeah. but they don't work in the song. Um, I'm excited either way. <laughs> we'll play some of the songs, so you yeah. get a little clip, uh, because I think they're really cool. Uh, but sh- I don't know, shall we, d- shall we get it? Shall we do it? Yeah, do it to it, man. Heck yes. Hi. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Lore, which is from 2015. And it is about, in Warsaw, a pair of mermaid sisters are adopted into a cabaret. While one seeks love with humans, the other hungers to dine on the human population of the city and is directed by, I looked up how to say this, so I really hope I do a good job, Agnieszka Smocineska. Nice. Uh... I hope I hope it did it, because um, <laughs> again, I don't speak Polish. Uh, so this film very interesting. Like you said, takes on a lot of forms, and I'm gonna do my best to analyze it uh, in the way that we do. So one is silver, and the other is golden. The lore is the mermaid monster Polish horror movie musical. You didn't know you needed. I didn't know I needed. I'm so glad I have it. Um, as I said before, I tried to explain this film to a few people since I've watched it, and I just fail to find the words. Like, I'm all over the place, even writing this. Like, <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Uh, <laughs> it sounds like I'm making it up. Because uh, it's just like, wait, what? There's this, too, and that's happening? And it's like, yeah. Yeah. All of that is true. Um, it, the There are many layers to this beautiful blue-tinted world that Smoschineska creates. But on the surface is a tale of two types of women, the lover and the monster, pretty much, uh, which I found very interesting and immediately was like, this movie is for me. I'm in love. Uh, (laughs) It's it's genre bending with, uh, like, you know, because it is horror, there's a lot of grotesque things, but it's also, like, coming of age and, Mm -hmm. like drama and romance um but it features folklore puberty 70s pop music and incredible violence yeah uh, the idea actually started as a film about sisters who grew up in a nightclub scene and it was based on the writer uh, robert bolesto's friends whose parents worked in clubs and so they grew up in mm. 
club. So he was like, let's make this show, like this film about it. Uh, and after they were told the film was too personal, uh, Agnieszka decided to weave in Hans Christian Andersen's tale of the little mermaid. Um, and according to Lauren Warsaw, there are two mermaid twin sisters, one that decided to swim off to Copenhagen, which is the little mermaid story that we know about. And mm-hmm. the other found her way to the little village that would become Warsaw. Um, and it and is, is featured as like a statue to commemorate her um, in the middle of their their town and all throughout uh, Poland too are, are mermaid statues because they mm-hmm. value them as being uh, creatures that saved them to some degree and you know protects yeah. them because she's like in warrior garb it's like pretty yeah cool. they're powerful yeah it's awesome <laughs> and it's like to think the difference between like what happened to the sister and then this like warrior Warsaw mermaid is very interesting mm-hmm. um and it's definitely, like, exactly what this this film is trying to accomplish. Um, as with most monstrous fem- films, the lore explores what it means to be a girl, ultimately. Um, mm-hmm. The challenges that come with our growing bodies and their dichotomous nature, right? So you have the grotesque and the frightening, the powerful and alluring, the vulnerability and the, and the you know, the just the pure power <laughs> of mm-hmm. all of that. Uh it's like it's amazing uh in an article on vice titled new polish cannibal mermaid musical is a story about immigration and girlhood by judy berman they interview agnieszka about her influences and themes and agnieszka says it's a visual visualization of the initiation into womanhood Growing up is brutal, especially as a girl. It's like death. You can treat the whole story as a metaphor for growing up. On the physical side, um, you have this mucus, you have this blood, you have this fish tail. The tail is something you want to hide, but it's something that defines your youth. When you want to be loved by a boy or by a human being, you lose yourself. You cut off your fish tail. Uh, and you conform. Um, I will say that... It's not, they're not cannibals because they're mermaids, yeah. not people. Yep. <laughs> so they can't eat, it's not, they're not eating other mermaids. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but they are like, I mean, they're eating people. So yeah. that is happening. Um, the film starts with these sirens in the ocean, and Silver uh, is interested in a boy who's singing on a beach. And mm-hmm. she and Golden sing back and make their way to the shore. And then next we see a club owner who is trying to investigate where a fishy smell is coming from in his place of business. And it leads him to discover the girls who are childlike and full of joy dancing in the back room, Mm -hmm. uh, wearing just like a jacket, (laughs) like someone's business suit jacket. Uh, They are immediately stripped and revealed to be like Barbies, completely smooth down there. Yeah. Just nothing. You turn Mm -hmm. around. Nothing again. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing for you to do. Uh, No genitalia. Uh, However, when you splash some water on them, their tails grow back. And on those tails, they have slits that men in this film just love touching. Yep. Yeah, I also vomited in my mouth a little. Yeah. Because it's gross. Yeah. Um, The tails are really impressive and possibly my favorite part of the film. Uh, They're actually practical pieces. They're huge. They're so long. Um, They're practical pieces uh, that are operated by the actors using a foot pedal inside. So that they'll kind of move like a little more naturally. But they're huge. And it's kind of, 
It's like they're they're not doing a lot in there. Um, but I thought that was really cool. And the actresses spent weeks alone with Agnieszka to work through their emotions and to operate the tales. Mm. They had to think of, like, what is it like to be inhuman uh, and to be a girl who's freshly in this man's world and to mm. really become who they are. But also, like, how to be mermaids. Like, who are they? Yeah. <laughs> what do they do? Um, Golden and Silver communicate using an eerie dolphin chirping telekinesis kind yep. of thing. Uh, and in their covert communications, Golden explains they're just visiting here before they make their way to America. She's like, we're, this is just a pit stop, and then we're going to go. We're yeah. going to make our way out of here, make our way downtown. Uh, <laughs> swim in fast, because we don't walk. Uh, she also warns Silver not to fall in love with a man, lest he marry another and turn her into sea film. Mm. Which sounds very familiar. Because um, she's Golden's pretty much like, what if you fall in love with that dude that you keep looking at? And she's like, no. Yeah, I won't. So, shut up. Did he say something, though? Like, <laughs> did, he, did he mention me? Like, was he like, that? Is that mermaid particularly hot? Mm-hmm. Or, um, <laughs> for any of us folklore nerds, that sounds an awful lot like Hans Christian Andersen's Little Mermaid, who suffers a similar fate. Even worse in the folklore is that she becomes wind that must cool off men and in one place I read uh, her sentence gets extended every time children are naughty so she's just been winds catering to men for forever yeah that's, that's uh, wild that, I'd rather be sea foam <laughs> I'd yeah. rather be foam uh with these two mermaids, we are given two distinct types of women. Uh, Silver, who wants to be human, who wants to belong here and to be loved by this boy. Like, so pure and simple. Uh, and then Golden, who loves who she is. She finds yeah. power in her fangs. They have these, like, really creepy teeth. Uh, and she sees humans as nothing more than a meal. She's like, we are evolutionarily advanced mm-hmm. <laughs> you are a meal you're not this is just fun but you actually mean nothing i have an entire world under there that you don't know about yeah. um this is just a pit stop right silver <laughs> right we're leaving soon what are you doing um <laughs> it's like silver you poor yeah. thing she has like this so there's a scene where she's like in love and she gives like a scale to the boy and that's like commitment right yeah uh, and it reminded me of that children's book i still can't remember the name of with the the little fish with the, the rainbow scales just, yeah she kept giving her scales away and then she ends up no scales i was like that's what happens <laughs> all those children's books are like don't share <laughs> that's the moral <laughs> but of the also giving. you have to share everything yeah the giving tree it's just like don't share you'll die no one will appreciate you yeah. uh and silver didn't read that book um mm-hmm. I was immediately drawn to Golden. I was telling Kat, like, when we were, like, talking to each other during it, like, Golden is where she's, she gets it, man. And I appreciate yeah. her being out here doing it. And I never really liked Disney's Little Mermaid particularly at all. Uh, I had, like, this whole—it it just, like, aggravated me that there's this young girl, she's 14 in Disney, uh, who is changing her entire everything and abandoning all the people who love her for this dude who— Also super creepy and predatory in Disney and that, like, she can't speak. She doesn't know how things work. Like, yeah, you should be. Why is that attractive? Yeah, like, you should be like, okay, we got it. Like, you are clearly, like, a child. Like, she is a child, but even still, like, even more so a child because she doesn't seem to get, like, normal things. Why is that attractive to you? You should just be like, I'm a big bro. Uh, Yeah, like, I am an adult. That seems a lot. (laughs) 
Yeah. In the story I read, he, the prince is, like, even worse to her, and he, like, makes her sleep on the edge of the bed. Ew. Yeah. Like, he treats her like an animal. Um, anyway, I really hated it. And I had this, like, argument <laughs> with my family once in, like, high school uh, because of the real story where Ariel is seafoam. She becomes seafoam at the end, mm-hmm. uh, which is not what you get in the Disney uh story and I remember them being like you're reading too much into it like this is just a Disney story like why are you like it's like it's just a story why do you get so upset about it and I was just like well even then (laughs) I had my media analysis classes yeah like even then I was like no wait hold on you're not listening to what they're saying about it (laughs) yeah um in that vice article Agnieszka and the author Berman explained that I was right In my feelings about the sisters. Uh, It says, Silver, the older one, it's much more sensitive. She wants to be a human being. Um, (laughs) Smutsniska, sorry, explains. Golden is the opposite. She wants to be a predator and she wants to be who she already is. A wild girl who would never sacrifice her freedom to win the love of a human man. She is also a proud outsider with no intention of assimilating. Um, because in that article and what I'll talk about in a little bit too, is that there is also a representation of like immigration and what it means to not want to assimilate and get rid of where you come from. Yeah. For no good reason. Like why? Uh, this is a musical after all. So I want to also touch on some of the amazing tracks before going into more of the film and getting into spoiler town because Mm -hmm. like, I want to tell you what happens, and it's, it is a bit of a spoiler, so I'd rather you watch it. Um, but the music is really cool, and just like the film overall, the music is also genre-bending. There's, like, 70s disco to, like, 80s rock and roll and, like, haunting siren singing. It's mm-hmm. not disorienting, like, with Repo, the genetic o- opera. It feels natural and performative. Like, they are in a nightclub yeah. after all, so, like, it... You know, the, some of it's performed on stage, and then other times we have, like, uh, you know, them walking through the house or, you know, uh, performing outside as well. We have, there's this like opening number where the girls are brought to the mall and are transformed into real girls. Like we're give them clothes and we'll like make them do this thing. And it's definitely like the, uh, immigrant journey of, you know, doing it. And they have this song and one of the lyrics is the city will tell us what it is we lack, which sounds prettier in Polish. Um, but essentially they're just like. The whole song is like, you're going to tell us how to behave. You're going to tell us what is right and what is wrong and what is expected of us. And then we're Mm going to do it. Uh, And then they grow dizzy from performing and assimilating and like kind of that's like this. Yeah, because it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, My favorite song has Golden walking nude uh, around their like dingy apartment uh, that they share with the other performers. And Mm -hmm. it's titled The Housefly One. And she sings, I am sad, 
you're sad, we're all gloomy as hell. <laughs> it's like this, and I was like, this is the best song ever, like, it's so true. And she's like, oh, I'm sad, and you're sad. Uh, and it comes back later, like, when things are all falling apart, too, where, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, like, it is a reprise of, of we're all gloomy as hell. Yeah, like, no one here is as happy. Yeah, sad. Um, all right, so I'm going to go into spoiler town for the rest of this. So please, please try to check out the film. Um, we watched it on Apple TV. We had to rent it. Or I don't know if you watched that. There, I watched Kat. it on Apple TV as well. Cool. Um, so it's there. You have to rent it. It's also available on YouTube, I think, too. So um, definitely worth like $4 for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, one to support the artist, but also like you're going to have a good time. Um, it's, it's, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of graphic, uh, violence and like gore. And there are a lot of times that are uncomfortable. It's a lot like these girls never wear shirts, um, mm-hmm. or bras and they're very tiny. So it could also make you feel a little uncomfortable because the, these men they are look definitely young. treating them yeah. like they're not 14, but they could very well be 14. <laughs> like they're yeah. not, but like, oof, they're very tiny. Um, yeah. So, spoiler town, enter. So, you can pause, go watch the film and do this. Or you can listen and then still enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Silver is in love with a boy. And he does seem to care for her, too. But he won't be with her. Just flat out. Um, there's a scene where Silver saunters into a bathroom and splashes water on herself to reveal her tail. Uh, and he's just like, no, thanks. <laughs> and she offers, did you want me to be a girl? Like, did you want me to have the legs? And although that wouldn't work because she doesn't have stuff. Uh, But he tells her that he'll never see her as more than a fish, an animal. Uh, So she does the most logical thing and decides to swap out her tail for real girl legs. Mm Mm-hmm. So she does the... (laughs) She does the most logical thing and decides to swap out her tail for real girl legs. Mm Mm-hmm. And you would, you know. Areas. Uh, alternately, Golden is living her best life. She's at punk shows and she's eating men who made the mistake of underestimating her, fancying her as a snack for themselves. And then she's in their car and then next time you see her, she's got a heart in her mouth and she's just slithering (laughs) back to the ocean and she's like, yeah, like, what uh, what do you expect? (laughs) Um, she finds a fellow sea creature, uh, presumably a merman, uh, named Titan, who is lacking his horns. He says one was taken by a fisherman, the other he removed himself. And he also bears scars on his stomach that hint at a tail removal. Mm. And he's like, you know, walking around. Uh, he warns Golden that if Silver loses her tail, she'll lose her voice as well. And if her love marries someone else... She will become seafoam, which this whole time we've been told. In a really jarring and emotional scene that uh, Agnieszka has said is like the most important scene in the whole film, uh, Silver is laying on a bed of ice in a surgical room. Her large tail is spread 
long and she looks like the catch of the day <laughs> she's yeah. just she's a fish um so, yeah uh beside her in another uh vat of ice uh is a woman who is cut in half yeah like waste you know uh she sings in golden is singing with her from home uh essentially begging her not to go through with this uh and she does and as she sings, the surgeon cuts her center, uh, blood splurts, and her voice is cut off. Uh, later, she is flirting and showing off her new parts with her bow, only to try it a bit too soon, post-surgery. She, like, still has staples and stitches and is, like, uh, currently in rehab trying to learn how to walk. That is not the time. <laughs> to yeah, be like doing this like take you need to take a little bit of time you're rushing a little too quickly here is no bueno uh this is literally not the time it results in a bloody mess that grosses out Mitak, who is the person that she's in love with and he storms off and immediately into a pleasant woman's arms who is a human and not a mermaid who will bleed on him yeah and of course he marries her yeah uh yeah <laughs> um agnieszka also explains that the film is a story of immigrants and of the pain of assimilation confirming uh silver decides to become the model immigrant saf- sacrificing her autonomy identity and livelihood to gain acceptance in this new world but even that isn't enough to make the bass player treat her like a human being for smushing Smochinska, the parallel to real immigrants' lives is clear. If you assimilate, you can lose yourself, and it will be very destructive to you. Mm-hmm. Super sad. For me, the tale reminded me of Lilith and Eve, uh, which I mentioned in our She Never Dies episode, that, you know, they are two types of women, an Eve and a Lilith. One is obedient, sub- subordinate to men, and the other mm-hmm. is a monster, rebellious and independent. Yeah. It's like you have like well-behaved girls who fit into whatever, and the other ones who are dub monsters because they're like I don't want to do traditional stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, these are uh, Adam from the Bible's first and second wives. Uh, again, watch that episode if you want to learn more about that. Uh, I don't think Silver is any less of a woman for loving and um, falling for Mitiak, but. She's just she's just a young girl. She's impressionable and romantic, and I've definitely been there myself. <laughs> right? yeah. like I've definitely made some questionable decisions because I thought, you know, that guy is going to like me or, like, do the thing. Or the person mm-hmm. that I was interested was going to do the thing, right? Um, yeah. And that does it, like, doesn't make you any less of a good woman to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different way to do it, right? Um, so, Majik marries this girl and like the little mermaid silver is offered one more chance to survive she must kill him before sunrise or she will be made into sea foam um it feels obvious what what you should choose <laughs> after all he's just a human and as we often say on our show humans are trash men humans even more so oftentimes mm-hmm. but she doesn't Instead, she has one last dance with him as the sun rises, leaving Golden to avenge her and return to the sea. Um, It's super sad because she worked so hard. She did so much Mm -hmm. for this dude who, like, 
like dropped her so quickly but you knew he was never about it and they also like almost there's so many red flags there's like a scene where you think that maybe they killed them mm-hmm. they like toss them over into the water and they're like wrapped up in rugs mm-hmm. like the dude who she supposedly loves the drummer and then the lady who's been taking care of them just right over the side and then yeah. they like come back and they like bite him but that's it like she runs right back into his arms like he didn't do that to her Mm-hmm. Girl. Yeah, that was a big red flag. Where Here's it's the just thing, like, men don't change. That's <laughs> like lesson number one, and she learned it really hard. Yeah. Um And Golden too, and that like she did try, and you know she warned her like if you take out your tail, you're gonna lose your voice. And she's and Silver's like if you try to stop me, you'll never see me again. And it's like mm-hmm. okay, but convert like on the other side, if you don't try to stop her, you also won't see her again. <laughs> yeah, but how are you supposed to know that, right? Uh, they just hoped that. This the is guy the, wouldn't suck. Yeah. This is the reality in which he is not the worst. And he is, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Anderson wrote, uh, uh, Kristen Anderson wrote in the, for the ending area of The Little Mermaid, he wrote, her tender feet felt as if they were pierced by daggers, but she did not feel it. Her heart suffered far greater pain. She knew that this was the last evening that she would ever see him for whom she had forsaken her home and family, for whom she had sacrificed her lovely voice and suffered such constant torment, while he knew nothing of all these things. It was the last night that she would breathe the same air with him or look upon deep waters or the star fields of the blue sky, a never-ending night, without thought and without dreams, awaited her who had no soul and could not get one. The merrymaking lasted long after midnight, yet she laughed and danced on, despite the thought of death she carried in her heart. Mm. Sad. And then she did. She died and her sisters were like, uh, did you, do you want to kill him? Because then you can come back. And then she's like, I can't. And then they're like, okay, well, now you can be wind. Yeah. That's the best offer <laughs> I can do for you is your win now. Um, super sad. Uh, you know, that's pretty much what I would say. I also think it's, like, crazy they don't talk about it in, for Disney, obviously, because it's for kids. But yeah, she's, like, in constant pain because, like, her, like, walking on her feet is, like, walking on knives. Like, it's, she's not supposed to be doing that. Yes, yeah, it's not, like, she feels uncomfortable. She doesn't know. Yeah. This yeah. is just so rude. The whole concept of the Little Mermaid is really stressful in that, like, she is a whole child, and mm-hmm. like, she's like, "I'm 16, I'm old enough, so ha!" And then the dad's like, "Sweetie, no, no, you're not," and like, I have every right to be mad and like keep you from this situation because you're a child and I am an adult. <laughs> And the whole situation is just wild. Especially, like, you said he made her sleep on the side of the bed. He like, on the, and the bottom of her bed because he saw her as an animal. In the, like, in the the story, it's, like, even more absurd that she thought that he would love her. Yeah. Um, because, like, he did, he really, really didn't care. At least with me, like, he did care for her. But he was, yeah. like, he was honest. Like, believe people when they tell you things, like, mm-hmm. about themselves. He was, like, you're always going to be an animal. And that's kind of how it, like, he tells her that, and then she's like, okay, I'm going to give you this scale and pledge my love to you. Yeah. No, like, that's what definitely... in the Twilight Saga? <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing, hon? And um, I mean, even yeah. the Disney end, it's like, she doesn't have a voice. Like, why is that? It was just a very clear message from Disney 
that when I was a child that they didn't want women who spoke. Mm hmm. Like, yeah. it, <laughs> I mean, often taking, like, a character's voice is just, like, that often happens to female characters and making mm-hmm. them, like, nonverbal. But it's just, like, why does that... It's not even just, like, that we want to take your voice and that you're you're nonverbal. But, like, she also just didn't understand things. Mm-hmm. Like, she really was, like, very clearly... A whole child. Yeah. And even if you're thinking of, like, as an immigrant, like, maybe you don't... Like, maybe to that degree you don't speak in that you don't speak the same language and that you still like you have to compensate for the fact that you're learning how things operate here but Mm -hmm. it's like that's like you still have to be conscious of that and be working to like help and i feel like prince whatever eric or whatever never helped her he was just like it's funny she doesn't know stuff and it's cute that she's 14 yeah it's also like i guess different in that like you lived a life before, like if you're an immigrant, you can live a life before and are capable of doing like, things. Yeah. You're learning how the world works in the new place, but like, you know how to take care of yourself for the most part. Like mm-hmm. you're, you know how to do stuff. Um, it's not childlike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's manifestation. Like, yeah. It's not as like predatory yeah. as, it, as it is with, the little mermaid because <laughs> yeah. i've always been like she is so young like it's not cute like the songs great great songs love yeah, them. The songs classic are fun. you know uh but yeah you know i don't even blame like ursula because she's like why you want to do that yeah it seems You're dumb, an like, idiot, do so that. i'll take advantage of this yeah. like <laughs> she's like they're gonna take advantage of you too so <laughs> yeah like why not at this point okay you're um. royalty so <laughs> we eat the rich Get the rich, so you're gonna go do this now, and I get your soul. Yay, yum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, for my section today, I had a really bad week, so we're gonna have fun today. I decide. I just made an executive decision that I didn't want to be sad this week, and that's what we're doing. And you have um, the authority to do that. Yeah, so we're just gonna talk about like what mermaids are and what the lore comes from, uh, and why like they're commonly described as man eating, which is just like fun. Uh, so my fun theory, you know, this isn't based in science; it's just my theory, uh, is that the lore surrounding mermaids commonly supports man eating in that like men are trash, as in people are trash. So they're generally doing things that would necessitate murdering and eating them uh, it just seems 100%. like mm-hmm, you know they're just doing trash people things and and if you're an outsider like that yeah. makes sense like why are you all up in my space like i didn't invite you here like what's happening uh and they have the audacity to think that they're the best thing of the world uh and that's why they get eaten so mm-hmm. <laughs> i would argue for that reason you know that's why commonly they're man eating because men just are just honestly humans just always be like going places they don't need to be going and invading spaces that they don't need to be invading. Um, and then like being like, why mad? Mm-hmm. So strange a reaction. Like, why would you be upset that uh, I like brought devastation and disease and all other awful things to your place or like entered your like you're a manatee in this scenario and they mm-hmm. just enter your space and you're like kind of mad about it. you're like hey my kids are here you can't be a here and they're like i don't get it why are they mad let's murder them um, manatees don't get mad yeah Sufos it was uh, are sweet dugongs dugongs okay. were the ones that did the murdering um and bless them uh yeah. if that's silver and golden silvers are the manatees and golden is the 
dugongs, dugongs. that are now yeah. extinct, which is mm-hmm. super sad. Manatees um, are almost extinct. That's just a mm-hmm. fun fact. I'm from Florida. Yeah, that is sad. Um, I would also argue, like, since we know so little about the ocean, that, like, there's a lot of fear that surrounds it, just because we've only explored about, like, 5% of the ocean, 5 to 10%, uh, we don't really know what's down there. So, like, the possibility that mermaids are some variety of sea creature that resembled what we kind of perceive as mermaids could exist. Um, and like, you know, there's lots of areas within the ocean that are filled with darkness and just scary as hell. So I, I think it's reasonable to us like, be like, you can't not Anything say mermaids exist. Yeah. It, it's possible. It exists. Yeah. I love like those, the imagery of the mermaids where they are like the deep sea ones and they have mm-hmm. like the lights on them and they look, they have those like great teeth. They just yeah. look like those creepy fish down there. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's how I envision mermaids. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit as we yeah. go. But um, I think, yeah, it's there's there's tons of creatures that exist on this planet that exist outside of our conceivable imaginations because we are one species that exists and has a very small frame of reference. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is a mermaid? Uh, I feel like I've seen so many different interpretations about what mermaids are. Um, and when I imagine them, as Gabe said, I imagine the deep, like the from the dark zone, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the area that's never seen sunlight. Uh, I imagine they're from there uh, in that they have those giant teeth. They like kind of are bioluminescent, but they're like super scary looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but according to Royal Museum's Greenwich, what are mermaids and what do they symbolize? Uh, a mermaid or a merman is a mythological sea dwelling creature that often, you know, has the body of a human like the upper body head and body of a human and like the tail from the below the waist of a fish so stories Mm. of mermaids have existed for thousands of years and span cultures across the world from coastal sediments in ireland to landlocked Karoo desert in south africa um but like why why such obsession with mermaid you know like most things, it stems from human rationalization to understand why horrific things happen. Uh, it's much easier to believe in a monster than it is to understand that bad things can happen for no other reason than they were designed to exist that way. Um, why we do not have gills or fins. Like, we don't have the things that would necess- like make it possible for us to exist in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is reasonable that the ocean, if we enter it in- under certain circumstances would result in our death. So like if we're speaking of like early exploration of the planet, Mm -hmm. um, where technology was not where it was, where you can't just like go on a cruise ship for fun. Uh, (laughs) you couldn't like, uh, fly like ocean travel was like the only route to find different places. They had a very small understanding of what existed in the ocean. So a lot of it revolved around like trying to rationalize what was there and like why people were dying and, most of it just came from an under, not understanding like reefs and like underwater currents and like how the ocean works as a whole. So they would create things that were the cause of that, that were more like animal based or like anthropomorphic. Somehow humans have to be the biggest predator in the world. Um, mm-hmm. So like when we go into the ocean, it's more likely that something bad is going to happen to us uh, because we're not made to be there. And since humankind thinks like they're the most amazing thing that's ever graced this planet, the most powerful creature to ever be imagined, uh, 
and they claim to have no natural predators, uh, ignoring the fact that the planet is literally alive. The ocean itself is a predator that can kill us. Uh, they create monsters to fill in the blanks of things they can't explain. Uh, or monsterize innocent sea mammals mm-hmm. like uh, the manatee or the dugong or like, you know, just trying to like exist or even just like whales. Like I think the earliest depictions of krakens were just whale sperm. So yeah. yeah. Cause it like comes out crazy. Like it looks crazy and they like couldn't rationalize what it was. So they're like, okay, that's, that is a sea monster. Like it is attacking us when it was really just whale sperm. Uh, and my overall theory is that all these men just needed glasses, like every single one of them. Because clearly they just don't even know what's happening. Um, but their mermaids and siren lore exists like across many human cultures and have many different meanings. There are some cultures that use this lore as a way of respecting the ocean, um, as a tool to build empathy for sea creatures, kind of like how we saw in the seer and the unseen when we talked about that with elves. Like mm-hmm. it's a way to create empathy for nature that like creates like the living existence of the planet. And there's many cultures that view the planet as like a living creature, like trees as living creatures and like put sacred energy towards that. So mermaids have like been used as a way to explain both like the destructive nature of the ocean as well as storms, but can also as a way to just respect the fertility and like life that exists in the ocean that totally exists outside of the scope of our like human understanding. Yeah, sometimes um, we have to humanize mm-hmm. it so that we give it respect at all. Yeah, and I think that's like part of where it comes from. It's just like an empathy building tool. Um, unless you're a Western man from that time period of exploration, then it's just you don't have respect for anything and just really want to have sex with anything that moves. Um, but we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Scientists uh, believe that at least from our Western understandings of mermaids and sometimes sirens, that they're actually more like dugongs or manatees. So since manatees nurse their young above water, similarly to how humans like present in terms of like where the curves are and stuff like that, uh, they seem to be largely confused with the idea of mermaids or sirens. I read a really fun article on Wired titled Fantastically Wrong, The Murderous, Sometimes Sexy History of the Mermaid by Matt Simon. Um, And they outlined some of the common mermaid misconceptions. And it was just really fun. They had great energy throughout, like (laughs) just just really feeling everything they were saying. But according to the article, uh, in mid-16th century, the French naturalist Guillaume Rondelet found two creatures that he compared to monks and bishops uh, in the Encyclopedia Metropolitana of 1870. They described the supposed sea monk um, as the face of human, but coarse and clownish, the head smooth without hair, a sort of hood resembling that of a monk covering the shoulders, while its lower parts ended with a spreading tail. The bishop fish was yet more wonderful, being clad by nature with the garb of a bishop. It was taken to the king of Poland, who in his benevolence decreed it be carried back to the ocean and set three. But <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot like the description of a manatee. <laughs> yeah. um, doesn't have hair. Mm-hmm. Kind of like rounded head. He like 
human-y features in the middle and then a tail. So it sounds a lot like a manatee. I think that's what they found in there. Like, <laughs> Look, it's a people fish. Um, <laughs> the article goes on to discuss that once men had big boats to leave and explore the ocean, thus resulted in many more mermaid sightings. Um, but out at sea, the number of mermaid sightings exploded as the age of discovery kicked off, as men in big, expensive boats made their way around the world, John Smith of Pocahontas's fame caught sight of one in the Newfoundland in 1614, noting that her long green hair imparted her with an original character that was by no means unattractive. Um, <laughs> oh, what? When he was I was like, this fish is hot. That's <laughs> exactly what it was. That thing had seaweed on its head. And it was like, that's hair. Some green hair on like this manatee or dugong or even like a dolphin. Who even knows what he saw? Oh because uh, manatees don't swim that far north. So he saw a fish with some seaweed on its head and said, that's a hot fish. I would fuck that fish. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry and, for and cursing, but that's I'm, what he yeah. felt. That's what he thought. He's like, I wrote and I'm writing this down so you can't judge me. Yes. Okay. So I had a really fun conversation with my roommate, Travis. Uh, I'm going to cite him for this lovely argument because he said that exactly that is that men are disgusting and they wanted to have sex with everything. So mm -hmm. instead of like admitting that the like Christianity or whatever the heck was happening at the time was like Suppressing against... Them. Yeah, oppressing them and their sexual desires. They're like, I'm going to make it totally cool that we have sex with animals now. Um, and we're going to make them mythical, like, hot animals. We're going to write it down so it's not disgusting it's not and weird. horrible. Um, yeah, actually, in <laughs> the, the one thing I remember at Mermaids is on the man show. Mm -hmm. That's what it was called with Jimmy Himmel cool. back in the day. They had a whole segment about what real manatees were or what real mermaids were. And it was essentially like that they were manatees or like other, and, and it was just that manatees are like soft and like kind of human feeling. And so men would be out at sea for X amount of years. Ladies aren't allowed on board cause it's bad luck. So they were just like, there's a, there's and a they're human like, I can't be gay. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> not allowed. So instead animals and bestiality yeah. or, homosexuality and look what they chose they yep. reasoned it by making mermaids yep so that's exactly what happened in my mind um i don't think anyone could ever tell me different uh unless they provide <laughs> an actual mermaid in front of me in front of my face i uh, i just am gonna continue to believe this uh the article goes on to note that in 1493, between wanton murdering and genocide, Christopher Columbus claimed to see a mermaid near the, what is now the Dominican Republic. As Columbus wrote in his diary, the day before, when Admiral was going to Rio de Oro, he said he saw three mermaids who came quite high out of the water, but were not as pretty as they were depicted, but somehow in the face looked like men. Um, <laughs> that can't escape the homosexuality no matter where they go. Yep. Uh, Simon goes on to explain that the animal likely saw a manatee and what Smith saw was anything, anything you could guess because uh, manatees don't swim that far north. In fact, the myth of mermaids and siren sightings stemmed from dugongs, uh, also known as the sea cow or sirenenian, which humans drove to extension at the end of the 19th or at the beginning of the 19th century. They were very large at 33 feet long Jesus. and 24,000 pounds. The theory is that since they swam along the former Syrian and Babylonian empires, that they likely inspired, inspired the tales of half human, half fish creatures. But yeah, it was definitely 100%. They were like, all right, this fish is hot. 
we're gonna rationalize I'm lonely. doing we're that. See. Ladies aren't allowed. I just really need to, <laughs> need to fuck this fish. So, guys, <laughs> so how can I do it? How can man? I? Poor, like, as if energies don't have this? enough to deal with. Yeah. And they're so nice. Manatees are so nice. I saw manatees yeah. before. And dugongs were like, I'm not taking that. I'm going to destroy your boats. I'm a, You're going to think I'm a hot fish, and then I'm going to murder you. And that's what they should have been doing. That's what, Maybe unfortunately, they were mermaids then, because they were eating men. Yeah. Let them. Yeah. But, uh, and I mean, I don't know how murderous dugongs were. I think they were just very large. So if your ship ran into one, it was going to destroy it. Because it was a very large and strong animal. It was like if you ran into a whale, a whale would destroy your ship. Like that's yeah, just what happens. Like, what are you doing? Um, Excuse I don't me. know how murderous <laughs> they were. I don't know if they ate people, but like they definitely at least just from existing and people just p- driving their boats into their areas like got destroyed because they're large and why not? Um, not? Yeah, but essentially. <laughs> People are trash. That's that's what we learned. But it's a more fun version of people are trash in that... um, They're also weird as hell. Ridiculous. (laughs) They're weird as hell. Yeah. Yeah. I think this movie is really great. Um, And the music is awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm just like a sucker for any time you have a monstrous femme. And it's like an example of puberty. And it's very honest about it. Because there's Mm -hmm. also like, you know, they evolve from like being carefree of their bodies and just kind of like whatever because like animals like wouldn't put as much clothing or not clothing but like they wouldn't put as much like uh, meaning on the nude body or just like on bodies at all Mm -hmm. uh that people do and so like they're just like carefree and doing that and then at some point it's like there's an acknowledgement of that and then you know, Golden is, like, using it. There's, I didn't put it in my scene, but there is a really crazy scene with a police officer who's a woman who is rightfully assuming that Golden murdered this dude. And they end up having this intimate moment, and I read somewhere, and I'm sad that I can't remember where it was, but it was just, like, that that sexual interaction, like, that's the one that we see. Mm -hmm. The other ones, like, we don't. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's the one we see, and there's, like, this, like, intimacy. There's no hesitation. There, like, just this woman is, like, yeah. <laughs> like, you're, like, I get it. She's, like, licking her fins and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's also wearing fishnets, like, which was yeah. kind of funny. Uh, but they have this whole moment, and I, I, I believe that she didn't kill her. Like, I don't think she killed her. I don't think she did either. She's just, like, gone remember, after honestly. that. But yeah, I thought I thought that was really interesting, um, and that whole scene was very interesting. And one of the most, I was like, "What? <laughs> what's going on here?" Uh, which happens a lot in this film. It's a lot yeah. of what's going on here. Well, there's something to be said about like sexuality within that as well, where it's like mm-hmm. she's not she feels comfortable, like Golden feels comfortable being herself and being like if she is queer, like she feels comfortable in that and like doesn't. She's like, all these gross men, don't touch me. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'll murder you. That's fine. Uh, but yeah. we're not going to. Um, and yeah. then like finds this dope lady who, or, I mean, she did accuse her of murder. And I don't know if there was like threat of anything. Within she, that, like, but, she did pull out her gun, but then yeah. didn't actually do anything. Yeah. So it seemed like 
slightly less negative. And also it's just like, yeah, her owning herself, her sexuality, like feeling like powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like one thing with Golden I also appreciated was she was very good at setting boundaries. Like mm-hmm. throughout the film, she's often like, no, don't touch me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's too close. Like, she's, like, always, like, oh, step, stay away. And Silver's yeah. just, like, where are we going? La-da-da. What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, carefree. Uh, and I just, I mean, I just really loved, I really loved Golden. Um, Kinga, the actress who plays the, I can't remember what her character's name is, but she's, like, the lead lady. Mm-hmm. She was great. There's, like, so many cool, just, like, her, she's, like, always transformed into whatever role she's playing. Yeah. And it's just, like, and I get, like, she has a weird relationship with them, too, because she's kind of like a mom, but they're also kind of her competition, and mm-hmm. they're also creatures. <laughs> and she's, like, very aware, because, like, in the beginning, they come out of the sea, and the men are, like, ooh, but, like, she screams, because yeah. they're monsters. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think it's just, like, very, very interesting how, like, you see, like, these women interacting with them versus, like, mm-hmm. how the men are interacting with them. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Yeah. It was a cool film, though. I highly Absolutely. recommend it. Everyone yeah. should watch it. Yeah. You'll be confused, uh, but you should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you should definitely watch it. Maybe twice. And, like, yeah. Yeah, listen to the songs, too, because they're, like, so fun. There's, like... They have like the, is it Donna Summers? Uh, I'm in love or whatever. I'm in mm. love. I'm in love. I'm in love. Yeah, yeah, that one. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was cool. It was beautiful. Lots of sequins. I don't have enough sequins to be a mermaid. Yeah. Person. I don't own any sequins at all in my entire wardrobe. Yeah. I was like, um, you could tell we're not <laughs> burlesque performers because yeah. we don't have sequins. Yeah, we need them, I guess. I don't know. I don't I don't like sequins. I don't they're like sequins. itchy. Yeah. I do really there's like a scene where they're like finally like the leading ladies, like this mm-hmm. they're rock stars. And they kinda look like Joan of Arc type style. Yeah. Um, kinda like Viking style of like their braided hair, hair and mm-hmm. then they have like this makeup on that kinda looks like a mask. And they have like this like sequined outfit, but it looks like they have like shoulder pads that are like uh Almost like armor. Mm. And I was like, okay, I want this jacket. I don't know where I'd wear it, but I want it. Yeah, I remember when you saw this, you're like, this is the cosplay we need to do. We, <laughs> yeah. we ended up still just going just like did. funny mermaid time. Yeah, but, but still. It was a good scene. It was a very good do it. scene in makeup. Yeah. I also really liked, uh, yeah, just like the golden like wanted to be on stage like singing, but like herself, like she just wanted to do like rock music or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. like wanted to just like kind of sing by herself she didn't want the whole kind of i guess the the cabaret like felt very like cringy everyone was like getting nude stripping was an element of it and like she didn't want to do that so much so she wanted to have like that other area where she was singing this dope rock music and yeah and also like she didn't want to do it without her sister either yeah, that's true. Cuz they offer they're like, "Uh, you can't sing, so we can't we can't have you lip sync either." So you're not going to be here. And she's like, mm-hmm. no, well, I'm also not going to be yeah, here. Yeah, I'm not going to be here. Like, this is, you do not understand how little you mean to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I do not care about you. This is literally the only person I care about. And she's been changing herself for you, trash. That's it. Without her, there's no nothing keeping y'all alive. <laughs> yeah, she would have murdered them a while ago. Yeah. And I'm glad, like, honestly, that she murders the guy at the end. Because, like, as she should. 
Yeah. Yeah. She should. It was, like, sad, you know, but it's also, like, yeah. And then she slithers back into the sea, and she's so distraught. And now it's, like, she just has to go on and live without her sister. Like, she's going to be alone for who knows how long. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. There's also, like, that element of, like, sacrifice that exists where it's, like, she was, Silver wasn't telling him. She knew that she removed her tail for him. So, like, that part. But, like, I know in, like, the original story where it's, like, she's doing all this, like, very sacrifice-y things to Mm -hmm. appease this guy who is rude. Yeah. Um, But he also, she can't communicate with him to tell him. Yeah. I'm doing this. That's true. Unless she didn't, It's just more so don't change yourself is more so. Yeah. Yeah. Don't change yourself for men. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she also doesn't tell him, like, I'm going to turn into film. So, yeah. to, a, to a, some extent, he's he's innocent. But at the same time, like, she did a drastic altercation. It's very clearly for you. Mm-hmm. And you just abandon her. Yeah. But he's also very young. Yeah. So, probably doesn't understand the ramifications of his actions either. Yeah. I think, ultimately, the lesson is don't do that. Like, don't. <laughs> change who you are like entirely like i understand the level of needing to do somewhat for survival like obviously like that sucks and that shouldn't exist but that is a thing Mm -hmm. Uh, but um like uh, when you can like don't fall in love with some crappy person who's not going to treat you like you're a person Mm -hmm. and like yeah unless it's for like making yourself better yeah, mm-hmm. but like, oh, that's true. Yeah, but she's not doing that. She's just changing who she is foundationally. Like she was fine. Yeah. She wasn't eating people. She never ate people, and she couldn't. So yeah. honestly, she's fine. Um, yeah. So go that's watch so it. Go listen to it. Stay tuned for what we have coming up next month. It's gonna be fun. Uh, and don't get married. Delete your kids. Yeah. If they're mermaids, you know. Yeah, they will. or they literally maybe will. your mermaid kids will eat them. Yeah, that seems like a dope alternative. People are trash, let them. Yeah.